0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, to your health, does your partner snore at night? More than half of Americans do. We take a closer look at the causes, effects, and treatments for National Sleep Month. Also this morning, car prices have seen big increases since the start of the pandemic, which means making the wrong decision can be even more costly than ever. But fear not, because Kelly Blue Book is out with their list of the year's best family vehicles. We'll get the inside scoop. And among their latest community programs, the Hancock County OSU Extension has resources and motivation for your spring into wellness routine. Extension educator Jennifer Little will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, March 16, 2022. Four days until spring. Four days. Count them down with me. One, two, three, four days until spring. Not only is today Lips Appreciation Day, which if that's not reason enough to celebrate, I don't know what else is. Today is Everything You Do Is Right Day. Remember yesterday was Everything You Do Is Wrong Day. Today, Everything You Do Is Right. It is also National Panda Day. Day, And I want to make sure that we point this out. It is Freedom of Information Day, which especially the timing of this with yesterday, we just learned that another uh, couple of journalists were killed while covering the war in Ukraine and coming on the heels of the death of a journalist over the weekend. So many uh, reporters from that war zone. I uh, have been killed in just the past 72 hours or so. It is truly tragic and a reminder of just how dangerous it is to that, that job of bringing you the information so that the world knows what is truly happening in these war-torn parts of the world. And Freedom of Information Day today. This was really interesting, one of the uh, most uh, buzzworthy stories of the day to be sure. In an unexpected move, the Senate unanimously approved legislation yesterday to make daylight saving time permanent across the US. No more switching our clocks back and forth. This would make daylight saving time permanent. Senators from both parties spoke in support of the bipartisan Sunshine Protection Act. <laughs> I want to know who comes up with the names for legislation, those catchy names that I don't know if it is the the senators who introduce the bills uh, are the ones that give them their names or if somebody else uh, is, is responsible for giving them those catchy names. If it's the senators, I want to be elected because I just think that's cool to be able to come up with those catchy names. The Sunshine Protection Act. Uh, Those in support, which is pretty much everybody in the Senate, said it would be good for public health and the economy and even reduce energy use which are all of the arguments for having daylight saving time to begin with. And so now they want to make it permanent. Democratic Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts, a co-sponsor of the bill, said in a statement, no more switching clocks, more daylight hours to spend outside after school and after work, and more smiles. That's what we get with permanent daylight saving time. So (laughs) who in Congress would not vote for more smiles? (laughs) If you put more smiles to a vote, how can you vote no on that? We don't need any new. We don't need more smiles. (laughs) You would be a really grumpy Gus in Congress if you took that attitude. Um, Close to a dozen states have already standardized daylight saving time, uh, but they are waiting for the authorization from Congress. Currently, there are a couple of states, Arizona, Arizona, I think does not observe daylight saving time. Hawaii doesn't change their clocks, but they are stuck on standard time. They don't spring forward. They remain on standard time. And this would spring forward the clocks and then stop. Uh, we would not change them back. Uh, the measure now goes to the House of Representatives. And if it passes there, it would need President uh, Biden's signature to become law. Uh, There is no word on how likely any of that is to happen. But the Senate yesterday voted to uh, the the Senate voted yesterday to give thumbs up to more smiles. So (laughs) Uh, let's see. Gas prices. Actually, good news on uh, gas prices. Uh, They've been soaring over the past. Couple of weeks, and it's not like gas prices were really low to begin with. They have really soared in the past few weeks due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The oil prices that have been driving the spike at the pump have suddenly plunged. The price of U.S. benchmark crude oil fell below $97 a barrel yesterday, down more than $33 from just one week ago and now just a few dollars higher than it was at the start of the Russian invasion. So we're pretty much back to where we started. The only question is, when will prices at the pump start to decline, and how sharply will they decline, this sharp drop-off of oil prices? Um, Axios notes the average national price of gasoline usually lags oil prices by a few days. But if the... Price of gas tracks uh, proportionately to the price of oil, which it doesn't always do. We should be back to where we were in fairly short order. And that is good for everyone, not just drivers, but, you know, uh, airlines uh, really hit by soaring fuel prices because jet fuel ain't cheap and they need a lot of it to keep those planes in the air some airlines increasing their prices as the cost of fuel has uh, sp- uh gone sky high no pun intended actually that pun was intended uh Reuters reporting that Delta is raising ticket prices roughly 10% United and Southwest also joining in the increase in ticket prices comes The same day, both American and Southwest announced flight schedules are being cut going into the spring due to fuel prices and staffing issues. Uh, So that will also contribute to higher prices because uh, we're getting into the spring and summer travel season, higher demand, fewer seats. They're going to go for more and, of course, higher uh, jet fuel prices playing into that. Delta recorded the highest ticket sales of all time last week, though. Even though we're talking about rising prices with rising jet fuel, Delta rec- recorded the highest ticket sales of all time last week. Uh they are reporting similar numbers now to the pre-pandemic era. The airline announced yesterday that early March sales have climbed above numbers the same time in 2019 before the pandemic hit. So, that is uh that is pretty significant in terms of the transition back to more normal habits uh, ticket prices go up due to cost and fuel hikes as the conflict in your train continues blah, blah 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 delta's revenue in the first quarter projected to be nearly 80 percent of the level in 2019 uh, united and american also saying flight demand has actually increased over the past few weeks so we were talking the other day that uh the uh, rise in uh, fuel prices may or may not impact travel plans. Uh, will the desire to travel once again post-pandemic outweigh the concern about gas prices? Uh, I guess it probably depends on your financial situation overall, but there is certainly a high demand demand for travel right now. And speaking of money, this is kind of interesting. One of the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start your Wednesday morning. Uh, We know that money makes the world go round. There is no question about that. And now researchers at the University of Georgia have found that answering three questions can give you insight into your spending and potentially help you modify your behavior in the future if you need to do so. In the study, researchers found a connection between how participants reported thinking about their finances and the behaviors surrounding their finances. So how you think about money determines how you act about money. And I suppose that's no big shock, but uh, it showed that improving financial knowledge, finding motivation to alter spending patterns and reducing anxiety about finances all resulted in increased positive financial behaviors. They say identifying situations when you are likely to spend more could help predict triggers and therefore help you avoid them. If you know what triggers your impulse spending, you can avoid those triggers. Makes sense. In addition, figuring out what drives you to spend or save the way you do can provide the motivation to make lasting changes to your budget. The three questions that you need to answer are one, Can you predict the situations when you will spend more than you mean to? Number two, do you know what you should do differently to manage your money better? And number three, do you know what motivates you to spend or save the way you do? So think about those three questions if you want to make positive changes to your financial habits. And certainly right now, And inflation sky high, gas prices sky high, uh, this is a good time to sit down and uh, have a heart-to-heart with yourself or your significant other to come up with the answers to those questions. So there you go, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start off your Wednesday morning.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies today and a high-pushing 70. Partly cloudy tonight, low 45. A bridge replacement project will force some Finley drivers to take a detour for several months. The Hancock County Engineer's Office says the Olive Street Bridge over Eagle Creek in Finley is being replaced to meet current bridge standards. The bridge is on Olive Street between Park Street and Marion Township Road 201. And that stretch of road will be closed during the project. Work will begin on Monday and last until approximately the middle of September. Get more on the project on the website. Some Ohio lawmakers want to temporarily repeal the 10-cent increase in gas taxes that was implemented three years ago.
2: A new bill in the Ohio Senate is aimed at cutting down on the price of the pump. State Senator Steve Huffman is sponsoring the bill.
3: Gas tax increase, which this bill would repeal for five years only, and that would go back, would only generate about $1.5 billion. It would also
2: eliminate special registration fees for hybrid and electric vehicle owners for the next five
1: years. ONN's Tracy Townsend reporting. Logan's Irish Pub in Findlay is excited to have the last few years of the pandemic behind them and can't wait to celebrate St. Patrick's Day on Thursday. It's just a, a real good feel. The community has been
2: so, so supported, and, and all through the COVID, they've been
1: really supportive. Co-owner Karen Logan says it'll be an entire day of food, drink, and music.
2: We have four bands that day starting at 6 a.m. in the morning, and we'll have breakfast served until 11 a.m. And so, bands throughout the day, the last one comes on at 8 o'clock.
1: And if you happen to imbibe a little too much, they will be offering free rides home. Get more on the website. And speaking of St. Patrick's Day, the Ohio State Highway Patrol is reminding people not to push their luck. Colonel Richard Fambro says impaired driving enforcement during the holiday is a priority for their troopers. Over the past five years, during St. Patrick's Day in Ohio, he says 14 people were killed in 11 fatal crashes. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demcheck with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: our health this morning march is world sleep month and uh some numbers of note here 51 percent of recent uh, research 51 percent of americans snore it's more than half of us and this is nothing to laugh at uh it is something that can uh lead to disrupted uh, uh, sleep and and uh, sleep issues for not just the snorer but their partners as well and uh, joining us this morning is the sleep doctor michael bruce clinical psychologist with the american board of sleep medicine and fellow of the american academy of sleep medicine uh with some uh, help for snorers. first of all dr bruce what is what are the most common causes uh of people snoring uh when they when they sleep what what usually causes this
4: so, it's a great question, Chris, and thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity to educate everybody. So, remember, the noisy snap sounds of snoring occur as a result of a narrowing or an obstruction of your airway during sleep. So, it could be in your nose, it could be in your throat, a whole host of different areas. Um, when those muscles relax, the passages become smaller, and then the breath or the air that's moving through these narrow passages causes the soft tissue uh, the airway to vibrate that vibration causes the sound of snoring so it's really a narrowing of the pipe might come in through the nose might come in through the mouth either way
0: and are there certain individuals who are more susceptible to this or is it pretty much across the board
4: well as you mentioned earlier lots of people snore over 50 percent but uh we uh, at mute uh we did a recent survey uh, 2,000 Americans, so uh, the nasal dilator brand, Mute, we'll talk about what that is in just a second. Found But believe it or not, the Northeast is home to more snores than any other region <laughs> of the country. Interesting. 53% of the residents admitting that, that they're snoring. I'm not exactly sure what's going on in the Northeast up there, but um, people do seem to be more likely to snore. Men snore more than women. Uh, men, 50% of, uh, 57% of men were snoring, whereas only 46% of women. Um, and, uh, we actually found both men and women, uh, 59% of people snored between ages of 45 to 54. So it looks like men between the ages of 45 and 54 who live in the Northeast they're pretty much going to be snored whether they like it or not.
0: Interesting. Uh, So how do we fix this? I mean, certainly uh, there are, you know, really, uh, uh, I don't want to say complicated, but uh, uh, more involved uh, solutions, CPAP machines. And, you know, when you uh, get into serious cases, uh, you know, the uh, treatments can be uh, uh, more uh, complex. But are there some simple ways to reduce or prevent this?
4: Absolutely. So you brought up a lot of different points, and I want to kind of break it down a bit. So number one, we know that snoring is a form of sleep disordered breathing, uh, which is in the spectrum of sleep apnea. So when you mentioned people being on a CPAP machine, for listeners out there, that is a device that helps people breathe at night who have something called obstructive sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. Snoring is a... Is the most mild version of that, and we wouldn't even call it apnea. We would just call it sleep-disordered breathing. Now, here's the good news. There's a bunch of things that you can do to change it. One of them, lose a little bit of weight. Roughly 5% of your body weight loss will actually reduce snoring by about 30 decibels. Um, I tell people, uh, quit smoking for sure because that certainly uh, inflames your throat. Also, not drinking alcohol uh, within three to four hours of bedtime will certainly help, Um, but to be very honest with you, There are a lot of people who primarily snore on their back or even sleeping on their side uh, causes them to snore. I recommend these things called mute nasal dilators. So people might not know what that means. So let me kind of break that down. So these little devices, which are about the size of your fingernail, uh, will go just inside the nostril and it actually opens up your nostril passages. So it basically opens up the pipe to let more air in, reduce that vibration. And 75% of users find that they're effective for snoring literally the first time.
0: Mm. Going back to expand on something that you were uh, mentioning uh, with respect to uh, the seriousness of this disorder. Does the yes. amount of snoring that someone does does is that an indicator of just how serious this is? I mean, if I uh, just ah. occasionally snore and uh, it's not an earth-shattering, Great you question. know, knock the paint off the walls kind of snore, then is that <laughs> less of something to worry about than if it's an every-night occurrence and it is uh, loud and disruptive and that kind of thing?
4: You nailed it, Chris. So, absolutely. If it's the occasional light snore, almost cute snore, we really don't worry a lot about that. But if you have somebody who's lying next to, or you've been told yourself, hey, you snore more than three nights a week, then that is something that you probably want to take a look at. The other thing is how loud is the snoring? Maybe you snore three nights a week, but it's very soft um, and it's not very disruptive, then you might be just fine. The biggest thing that we really look out for is we want the bed partner of the snorer To listen while they're asleep to make sure that they're not stopping breathing in their sleep. Mm. That's a very serious situation called sleep apnea. So we we really want to listen out. um, But yes, the volume of the snore will indicate the severity, the, um, frequency of the snore will also indicate the severity. Okay, so good call there, Chris.
0: So uh, again, that's when we circle back to some of those more complex uh, solutions. But for many people, there are easy things to do uh, that can get oh, you yeah. and your partner a, a better night's sleep. Again, March world Sleep Month, we are joined by uh, Dr. Michael Bruce, a uh, clinical psychologist and sleep expert. And where do we get to more information?
4: Absolutely. So if people want to learn more about the mute, uh, internal nasal dilator, go to mute snoring, like hit the mute button snoring. Or if you go to Amazon and you type in mute, it comes, it pops right up. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to tell people about the dilator itself is it takes about 30 seconds to get used to it. But once you're used to it, you really don't feel it. And I've actually been using it during my athletics. So now I wear it when I'm training on my cycle or if I go for a run and I'm actually seeing improvement on my time. So it's not just, for nighttime and snoring use. You can actually use this if you're training uh to, to improve your performance as well.
0: Good to know. We will link up to it on our webpage so folks can learn more. Doctor Bruce, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for
4: having me, Chris. Have a good one, buddy.
0: Buying a new vehicle or even a new-to-you vehicle is one of the biggest purchases you will make, especially these days, the way prices have escalated across the board, so you definitely want to get it right. To that end, Kelly Blue Book is out with their list of the best family cars for 2022, and KBB's Micah Musio is with us once again. Micah, what can car shoppers expect this year? The car market has been so crazy.
3: I wish I could say that uh, prices are going to fall and inventory will be high and it'll be a buyer's paradise, and that's just not true. Uh, we think that uh, elevated prices and low inventory are going to continue um, well into 2022. We still have microchip shortages that uh, you know won't let up probably until the end of 2022, early 2023. Um, in fact, you know I'll, I'll throw some more numbers at you while we're at it. The average transaction price for a new car peaked in December at $47,000. Wow. the average price wow. that people are paying for a brand new car. It's, it's come down a little bit now. It's uh, right about $46,000, but that's still 11% more than it was same time last year. And it's even tougher in the used market. So people who are looking to uh, save a bit of money with their car purchase, the average transaction price uh, now for a used car is a little under 28 grand, which is a, almost a 30% jump from the same time last year and making things even harder. Is that the least, the the, the tightest inventory is cars under $15,000. So, as is often the case, people on the tightest budgets are the ones that are affected the most.
0: And uh, just to extrapolate on that uh, a little bit, uh, obviously a shortage in the new car market today means a lingering shortage in the used car market uh, three or four years from now. Fewer new cars now mean fewer three or four-year-old cars later, and of course, we know that interest rates are about to go up as well, so a lot of things kind of coming together uh, to make this a really challenging time, and like we said, you always want to get this right, but it can be an even bigger mistake if you uh, make a wrong choice uh, right now. You know, the other thing, too, uh, and I'm wondering, obviously, car shopping has changed quite dramatically uh, just over the past couple of years. Is that contributing at all to this, or is it helping in some way, or is is it not? Is it just the same, only different?
3: It is helping people who want to be helped. So um, one of the big advantages that car shoppers have now is that there is so much information available by comparison. if you imagine uh you know back when I was uh you know buying my first cars back in the nineties, it's like I had a vague notion of something uh, that I might want to buy a car I might want to buy that I maybe saw in a magazine and then I go down to a car dealership and it's like maybe they have it, maybe they don't, but there's that other thing there, and it's like. You just didn't have that much information. And I certainly didn't know how much my used car should be uh, worth necessarily or how much I should pay for a new car. But all of those little gaps in information are now fillable because the internet exists. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why um, you know Kelly Blue Book, the company I work for, has a place in this universe because we um, offer pricing. So, um, so when you buy a car, whether you're buying new or used, there's a pretty good likelihood that you're going to trade a car in. And mm-hmm. so that trade-in value really defines... Your finances for the new car, the next car that you buy. Yeah. Um, So how much? Yeah. So we we uh, provide that information, the used car values. um, That's really helpful. And then also the other big thing is that if you haven't bought a car recently. Unless you work in the automotive industry like I do, it's hard to know what's out there. You don't know which cars are available, which features are new. Um, let me let me give you an example. So um, we have our list of our best family cars for 2022. And uh, if you look on the list there under uh, three-row midsize SUVs, one of the vehicles is the Hyundai Palisade and uh, A, this is a new vehicle that people, again, if you haven't been in the market, I was you might s- not know what
0: it is. Yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea. That's a new one on me. Yeah, A,
3: you might not know um, that Hyundai is making great cars and they have excellent reliability now. You might not know that their vehicles have a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. You might not know the Palisade exists as a great three-row SUV and you might not know that it comes standard with a feature called Safe Exit Assist, which can detect when a vehicle is approaching from behind and Uh, warn the occupants not to open their door or even lock the door so you don't accidentally open your door into a car that's passing you. Hmm. And all that information is available, but unless you do a little bit of research, you wouldn't know any of that.
0: Now, you mentioned that is one of the vehicles that makes your list of the best family cars for 2022. What are some of the other ones that are on the list that folks might want to take a second look at?
3: Another one that uh, people might want to consider is the Toyota Highlander. That's another midsize three-row SUV. And, um, you know, that ticks a few important family boxes. It's very safe. IIHS top safety pick. It has a standard suite of active driver assist including lane keeping assist so if you've ever been distracted by screaming children in the back of your car and uh, maybe you just start to depart your lane the Toyota Highlander can detect that and automatically steer itself back into its lane but um, the other feature that the uh, Highlander offers that is particularly relevant at this moment is a hybrid powertrain. Um, Their hybrid um, uh, pumps out 243 horsepower and 36 miles per gallon in the city which is outrageously good for a vehicle that can seat eight and that's one of the things that if you look through our list here of our suvs and minivans you're going to see a lot more hybrid options um especially as gas prices are going through the roof that's very important
0: that was one of the questions i wanted to ask is there a common denominator among the uh, vehicles on the list of best family cars this year
3: obviously safety roominess, uh, reliability, but that increasing electrification is a trend. I mean, a really good example of that, um, you know, uh, would be the Chrysler Pacifica. It's a minivan and uh, minivans can feel a little bit soulless, uh, but it's so practical in terms of its design. And the reason why the Chrysler Pacifica is so cool, you can get it with um, all-wheel drive, which is great for uh, inclement weather. Um, it's got a ton of space inside. The second row seats, they're, they're called stone-go seats, they fold right into the floor floor um so uh it's a completely flat load floor which is great but they offer it as a plug-in hybrid version and that's plug-in hybrid pacifica can cover 32 miles of range without ever using a drop of gasoline so for your normal morning commute Mm -hmm. you might be able to drive your plug-in hybrid chrysler pacifica and never use any gasoline and then after that it's still a very efficient vehicle, something like 36 miles per gallon um, You know, when you're just uh, using the normal um, hybrid mode. But it, that kind of electrification is interesting. Another example, real quick, is the Toyota Sienna. They only make it as a hybrid. That's not even an option. It comes standard hmm. as a hybrid, wow. and that thing gets 36 miles per gallon fuel economy, which, again, amazing for a big people home.
0: Yeah, uh, another example of just how dramatically the automobile industry has changed in just uh, the last uh, several years. And when it comes to uh, vehicle shopping, uh, no matter what we're shopping for, no matter how we're shopping, whether it's you know the traditional method of going into the dealership or whether we're doing this as more of an online shopping process. Uh, What are the best tips for making sure that we get uh, the best deal to that, that, that fits us again, because we don't want to make what could be a very expensive mistake. Well,
3: I mean, item number one, uh, you got to do your research, especially now with vehicle prices as high as they are. The only thing worse than paying a ton of money for a car is paying a ton of money for the wrong car. Right. So uh, making sure you do your research beforehand to make sure the vehicle that you buy is really going to meet your needs. And to that end, we've been talking a lot about online uh, shopping, but that also um, leads into, you kind of need to confirm your research in person. There really still is value in going to the car dealership and crawling around the vehicle that you think is going to meet your needs. Take your car seat for your kids and install it in the car. Um, walk around, get in all the seats, um, really experience the vehicle. And, you know, any car dealer that's, uh, you know, worth it, uh, you know, your money will let you Check out the vehicle. So, um, you know, really make sure that the second most expensive purchase you're ever going to make right behind your house is the correct
0: choice. There has never been a more important time to take your time and uh, get it right when talking about buying a new or new to you vehicle. Again, Micah Musio, Kelly Blue Book with us. Uh, Once again, the best family cars for 2022 list is out. And where do we get more information? For
3: more information on anything we talked about today, if you'd like to get the value of your current car or see how much you should pay for your next car or you want a good starting off point for your family car purchase journey, head over to kellybluebookskbb.com. Thanks for having me.
0: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Today is uh, actually one of those days where it's not a whole lot going on in the broken news, uh, kind of a light day. There's uh, this story from Google where apparently dogs are now apparently uh, entitled to their own privacy. Dogs. (laughs) Internet users have pointed out that Google Maps has been blurring out the faces of dogs to protect their privacy. A Google statement reads, when we create street view content from 360 degree video recordings submitted by users, we apply our algorithms to automatically blur faces and license plates because you don't want those identifying marks uh, out there on the World Wide Web. Uh, but now apparently they have uh, expanded this either intentionally or ininten- uh, unintentionally to dogs. <laughs> One person uh, writing about this uh Developments, as uh, calls it, the Pooch Protection Program. Uh, and somebody else pointed out that uh, this, I'm not sure how uh, effective this will be because dogs recognize other dogs by sniffing the other end. So, no, but uh, <laughs> Google's blurring out dogs' faces now. <clears throat> protect privacy. Uh, some corporate nonsense in the broken news White Castle restaurants is teaming with Puma to create a new hamburger-inspired shoe. (laughs) Is this really something the world needs? The limited edition Puma White Castle RS sneaker is designed in orange, tan, and brown to resemble the chain's famous hamburger sliders. The shoes also include hidden design elements like the White Castle logo and the slogan What You Crave on the tongue. On the tongue of the shoe, not on your tongue. The sneakers will retail for $120 at Puma Foot Locker and Champ Sports stores and online. Just what we always wanted. I have a birthday coming up here in a few months. Get me some White Castle Puma hamburger shoes. Mhm. Uh, then there is this. Mike Tyson is launching a product to honor one of his most infamous fights. Uh, This week, Tyson's cannabis brand, Tyson 2.0, announced ear-shaped marijuana edibles, (laughs) complete with a missing chunk. (laughs) The gummies are a nod to the 1997 bite fight, where Tyson bit off a piece of Evander Holyfield's ear. As a result, you recall, uh, Mike Tyson was fined $3 million and had his boxing license revoked. He and Holyfield have since made up And they've even joked about creating ear-shaped candy together in the past. Well, now uh, (laughs) you talk about taking lemons and turning them into lemonade, as it were. The Mike Bites are available in uh, dispensaries in California, Massachusetts, and Nevada. (laughs) Again, was this really something that the world needed? Was it really... I mean, and of all uh, of all things, a marijuana edible. OK, a man in Australia had an interesting encounter with a large carpet python when he went to grab a beer from his bar fridge. I just wanted a beer and he had an encounter with a uh, snake experts from Sun- Sunshine Coast snake catchers came to the scene and wrangled up the nearly seven foot long snake. Posted the video to the company's Facebook page yesterday. The snake ultimately released into the wilderness. But man, <laughs> if you need a reason to stop drinking right there is and I think um, the story of some farmers in New Zealand hoping to land a Guinness World Record for the world's largest potato. Turns out they will not be getting that title. A bit of a scandal in the Guinness World Record universe. A DNA sample from the potato actually came back to reveal that it was not a potato at all and instead is a type of gourd. I didn't know that they did DNA tests on vegetables to make sure that they were genuine. But when you're the folks at Guinness and you are the official curator of world records, you cannot be too careful. Colin, uh, Colin and Donna Craig Brown, who dug up the potato turned gourd last August, said that they were shocked and confused as to how this could have happened, that the, what they thought was a potato wasn't a potato at all. They say they think the potato seedlings that they purchased must have been crossbred with a gourd, and that's how they came up with the uh, misidentified uh, Vegetable. The uh, couple think that the gourd is self-sown and could have been growing for a couple of years or more. Colin says of the debacle, quote, if it quacks like a duck, swims like a duck and has feathers on it, then it must be a duck. But this this one actually turned out to be a turkey. As it were, they do say that they'll still use it uh, and turn it into vodka. So there's <laughs> so it's still uh good for something, I guess, turn into a lot of vodka, I guess, especially since we're not getting Russian vodka anymore and uh finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, again, like I said, just kind of a light day, the broken news, but some weird stuff here, imagine driving by your home and find finding that someone made an unexpected change to your landscaping uh that unexpected change being a giant Kmart sign. <laughs> Of all things, this is what happened to Pastor Paul Knight of uh, Hope Church in Grand Forks, North Dakota, who tells local news reporters he had no idea how the sign got there, though he suspects it was someone from the church pranking him. (laughs) He said, I don't know who to call to remove the giant Kmart sign from his yard because I don't know who put it up. Pastor Knight says, I'm kind of making a general announcement to the people, whoever they are, who are responsible for this, you are welcome to remove it any time. My wife hopes to get it gone by June. <laughs> in the meantime, that giant red K <laughs> in the pastor's yard has been getting plenty of love from uh, neighbors and people coming by to take pictures. <laughs> giant Kmart side. Of all things, put a giant Kmart sign in your pastor's lawn. I'm not sure what the point of that is. There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
4: WFIN says thank you for listening. And remember, you can listen around the clock on computer, smartphone, or tablet. Start your day with Chris Oaks and good mornings. And stay with us all day long. You also get CBS Sports Radio plus all of our locally originated sports programming. Listen live whenever you like at 1330 WFIN 95.5 FM and at WFIN.com
0: where you can also grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android. We mentioned a little bit earlier that March is National Sleep Month. We were talking about our cover story uh, this morning, and that is the subject of today's daily download as well, National Sleep Month. It is well established that Americans are chronically sleep-deprived, even before uh, the worries of the pandemic and uh, the way that upended our schedules. And now we've got, you know, world events that we're worried about and, and so on. But Despite all of that, we are very sleep deprived in this country. But there are some places where it is a particularly acute problem, including right in our area, as it turns out, according to a new study crunching the numbers from the CDC's report places local data for better health 2021. They found that the residents of Detroit, Michigan, were the most sleep deprived of all American cities Of 100,000 people or more, Detroit, Michigan, more than 51% of those who live in the Motor City got less than the recommended minimum of seven hours of shut-eye a night, according to these numbers. And likely, as a result, they also have some of the highest rates of adults with diabetes, which is one of the consequences of poor sleep habits. Uh, Second on the list is Cleveland, The second most sleep-deprived city, 50.2% of Cleveland's adult residents suffer from diabetes. Uh, Third on the list, Memphis, Tennessee. Flint, Michigan was fourth. And Miami Gardens, Florida, rounded out the top five of those American cities that need more sleep. Uh, The study also noted that lack of income directly affects how much sleep people are getting this is kind of interesting and and this holds true no matter where you live 38 percent of the lowest income americans those making less than fifteen thousand dollars a year sleep fewer than seven hours a night on average probably because they're worried where their next meal is coming from by contrast Just 30.8% of Americans making more than $50,000 a year are sleep deprived. So you want to get more sleep, make more money. You want to make more money and get more sleep. Uh, I'm not sure. It's probably, again, not a surprise. But uh, some of the uh, numbers uh, from the CDC's report places local data for better health 2021. (laughs) As we mentioned earlier, spring is right around the corner. First day of spring is Sunday, in fact, so four days away, and the Hancock County OSU extension has some resources and motivation they are rolling out for your spring into wellness routine. And extension educator Jennifer Little is with us in the studio this morning and the first thing to point out is that you know when we talk about spring wellness, I, most people are thinking about, you know, getting into shape, uh, you know for the season of showing more skin, running into, <laughs> yeah. into, into better physical shape and you know, getting uh, exercise, getting out and running and, and getting active and so on. But that is only one aspect of wellness, one dimension of wellness, as you call it, that you'll be focusing on.
2: Yes, Chris. Um, yeah, for our upcoming Spring Into Wellness Challenge, it's going to be a 6 weeks challenge starting in April and going through the middle of May. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of work required other than um, learning and um, being a- able to participate in some challenges such as um, physical activity, eating, but we also, eating healthier, but we also want to think about other parts of our wellness. During the pandemic, I feel like it opened our eyes to the fact that You know, when we think about being healthy, being well, that things like emotional health Mm. and social health, those are aspects of our wellness that we don't even think about. And of course, also, especially early in the pandemic, um, financial wellness. You know, when we Mm. are hurting financially, if you're struggling with bills that you can't pay, you might be doing everything you can to be physically healthy yeah, but well, you're you're not well. You know, we,
0: we just as a matter of fact, you funny you mentioned that because we were just talking about this uh, data from the uh, CDC uh, finds that uh, the lowest income Americans are the ones that are most likely to not be getting enough sleep to be most sleep deprived and obviously that plays a part in your physical health, your uh, financial health playing into that. So a lot of these things are tied together. They are weaved together, maybe more than we realize.
2: Yeah, there is um, actually Dr. Bernadette Melnick. She's actually a registered nurse practitioner, and she is Ohio State's chief wellness officer. And she has done some promotion amongst the staff and faculty of Ohio State and adopted this view of wellness that looks at the state of well-being. And that's described as having... Um, 9. Contributing parts or dimensions, including physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, social, career, intellectual, creative, and environmental aspects. You know, and and in a recent article that she uh, posted, she kind of describes in general. So yeah, we talk about physical wellness, which yeah, we all know about. It's not just limited to exercise, though. It also includes healthy eating, and of course, it's National mm-hmm. Nutrition Month, so we think about that. Right. Um, and also, but you know, getting physical activity, but also engaging in preventative care, going those trips to the doctor, visiting that dentist, which mm-hmm. you know maybe not our favorite thing to do, but those all play into sure. it. Sure. Um, emotional wellness. Um, And that includes the ability to identify and express and manage a full range of feelings in a positive way. You know, we all have emotions. We all get angry. We all get sad. But how do we cope with that? How do we deal with that? So that emotional wellness plays into it. Even if we reach for alcohol or reach for some kind of other substance, that's not a healthy way to deal with that. And that's going to affect our physical well-being, too. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we looked a little bit about financial wellness. So, you know, when we think about financial well being, it's being aware of what our finances are, being able to budget. Um, and managing our money to achieve some realistic goals that we have. Well we f- we feel empowered when we can do things with our money that we really want to do rather than having our money yeah. kind of and our money limitations really just you know affect us. Dave all-
0: Dave Ramsey calls it uh, controlling your money versus having your money control you.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there was a recent American Psychological Association study and they said that almost 3 of 4 Americans that were surveyed feel like they have some financial stress and as we all know Stress plays a role in our physical health as well. You know, mm. Sleep, I, I feel especially, you know, I feel like sleep is one of the things that's most affected by sleep. I cannot sure. sleep if I've got a lot on my mind or worries on my mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Another aspect of wellness that we don't think about as often is intellectual wellness. And we think, gosh, yes, what is that? You know, <laughs> um, I had to look at up myself. Um, but yeah, it's, we, part of that is being flexible, being able to learn and adapt you know, we think about a flexible body being able to stretch and move in different ways. That's a sign of physical health. But a nimble mind is a way to indicate if you're um, intellectually healthy. So anytime you learn a new skill, a concept, you attempt to understand a different viewpoint um, or exercise your mind with puzzles or games, um, you're building intellectual well-being. And actually doing those kinds of activities can stave off Physical problems. Exactly. We think like about Alzheimer's, dementia. Yeah. yeah. Dementia. Absolutely. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that is important to exercise our minds. Um, so, yeah, just because we've graduated from college or gotten our MBA doesn't mean we're done learning. We mm-hmm. gotta, we've got we got to continue to exercise our mind and make it flexible.
0: Absolutely.
2: So, we, yeah, we've also got career wellness. So, in, you know, we all, you know, we spend half our life, it seems like, in the workplace over, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, being able to engage in a work that provides some personal satisfaction and growth and that's consistent with our goals and values. so having that job, you know you know no one's going to have the perfect job, but you want to have a job that meets your needs. So mm-hmm. thinking about your career and not just you know we we do know that the job is not just a paycheck. You know, we spend a lot of our hours of the, waking hours of the day doing this, so especially
0: wanna... now that we're doing more of our work remotely <laughs> yeah, at home. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's even more uh, of an issue, uh, perhaps.
2: Okay. And that kind of lends itself to um, another area of wellness we don't think about is environmental wellness. You know, we've got um, where we are working. You know, we think about the physical environment, the the social environment. You want to make sure that you know, you're kind of surrounding yourself in a way that you want know, to surround yourself in a layout or a setting that makes you feel good. You know, is it comfortable? You think about the ergonomics of where you're Mm -hmm. sitting, you know, those kinds of things and making sure that you're not stretching your body or bending your neck or, or doing something like that. So that environmental wellness, but also environmental wellness is also kind of getting out in nature. You know, we've got this natural environment Mm -hmm. that meets a lot of our needs and, And there's been a lot of research talking about the links between nature, mental health, and physical well-being.
0: So you have all of these nine dimensions of wellness that we're talking about. And you're going to touch on all of those over the course of this Spring Into Wellness routine. Uh, Talk about how people can be a part of this program beginning in April.
2: Yes. Um, Well, you can sign up. We actually have a website, Go osu.edu backslash LHLW, that's Live Healthy, Live Well, mm-hmm. Hancock. And for participants who sign up, it's totally free. They will receive two email messages every week. And those email messages will inspire and inform people about the different dimensions of wellness and kind of give them ideas that they can apply to their own lives to become more well or have a better well-being in those different aspects or dimensions of wellness, um, and we will also—they'll also be offered um, Friday luncheon learns. We have—they're not, um, of course, they're virtual, so you can kind of tune in from your desk as you're eating your your lunch and, and tune into a webinar that kind of highlights one of those areas a little bit more specifically, and you can kind of see a real person and and hear um, a, a live presentation and live interaction on mm-hmm. on a specific topic. Um, we also will be offering a bingo card we had an email challenge in the fall and the bingo cards were very popular um people can the bingo card will give you different activities that you can do simple steps you can take to um, to uh, um, approach one of those ways of wellness in your own life it might be something sick simple like reading a news article or or um, listening to your favorite song or those kinds of things but yeah people who participate in the bingo cha- bingo cards We will be emailing cards that you can print out or we'll have some printed out in the office. People can stop by and pick those up. And if you fill one out and return it, you know, we'll have some little prizes in there, some incentives there to make it not only will be feeling better, but you'll also be getting a little, you know, a little bonus there, a little bonus gift. So, um, yeah, we encourage people. It's a six weeks challenge. It shouldn't be easy. And I'm going to participate myself. I'm encouraging my office mates, too, as well, because... I tell you, it's been a rough winter. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I know there's some things that I need to be doing to, you know.
0: As, as take could we myself. all. As could we all. So it all uh, begins uh, the first week of April, April right? Mm-hmm. So there's time between now and then to get signed up yes. and uh, give us the uh, website once again where folks okay. can get more it information.
2: Um, Go.osu.edu backslash LHLW Hancock.
0: Okay. Uh, We'll get a link up on our webpage. More information uh, about it on the uh, OSU uh, Extension, the Hancock County OSU Extension Facebook page as well. And uh, we've got that uh, linked up at goodmornings.net. Again, uh, Extension Educator Jennifer Little with us uh, this morning talking about the Spring into Wellness uh, Challenge and and Routine We're getting uh, into that time of year now. Jennifer, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chris. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for Joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, and that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, March being Kidney Awareness Month why roughly 90% of Americans with chronic kidney disease don't know it, and what they need to know about it. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.